you're looking for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Toeir Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet-sounding instruments. Go to toeirguitars.us, that's T-O-I-R-G-U-I-T-A-R-S.us, and contact Ed today. Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Recording, hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. Top Hill Recording Podcast, episode 146. What's up, Neil? What's up, man? Oh, man. I had a big birthday yesterday. Big birthday. I had a big birthday in a couple ways. One, I turned 55. 55. You know the best thing about turning 55? What's that? Your cell phone bill gets cut in half. What? Yeah. You get senior rates. I mean, half. Half? Yeah, it's going from like $165 to like 80 bucks. Nuh-uh. <laughs> Congratulations. I thought you were going to be like, because I don't give a shit anymore. What, what, what's number two? <laughs> I'll tell you about that, but let's introduce our guest, man. Okay. We got, we got another great guest here tonight. We got Frankie Leo with us. Welcome, Frankie. Hey, hey. It's so good to be here. Thanks yeah, for man. having me. Dude, I've been looking forward to this. Super happy to have you here. Good to be here. Yeah, I'm excited about this. We're going to have a little bit of bourbon as usual. We're drinking Jeffers Creek. We had this a while back. It's a really mild bourbon, man, but it's uh, not bad. It's one bottle you can always get and pretty good price. Cheers. Cheers, Neil. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> oh, there we yeah, go. It's a right over the snake, just in case, you know what I mean? <laughs> 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 mm. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing complex about it. There's nothing but God, it's smooth. Kind of. <gasps> you don't <laughs> like it, huh? It's all right, man. <laughs> all right. Who makes that? I don't know. Jeffers uh, Creek. Jeffers Creek. Who's ever heard of it? It's pretty I mean, it's I all picked right. it up a while back because I never had it before. And I think I said it on the first podcast we had it. Another thing that caught my attention, that's the old Weller bottle. You remember when uh, Weller came in that bottle? Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah, yeah. I so, do. so that kind of caught my right, attention. I be, wait, I bet this drink's better. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> it's already good. It's already good. <laughs> yeah, Frankie, so I turned 55 yesterday, so... Good for you. Look at you. We went, Young man. That's right. <laughs> we went to Caesars last night. Caesars in Indiana. Oh, nice. And that's fun. I got it. So my wife and I were playing a slot machine and my wife was next to me on the other side and they came over and they basically kicked her off the machine. They said something was wrong with it. So we turned around and went to this other machine called Panda something or other. And I was only playing for $1.60. Like 80 was the cheapest bet and then $1.60 was the second. And like on my fourth spin, I got three wicked wheels and the Panda comes out with a wand and he takes his wand up at the wheel, and as soon as he hits it, all the, all the prices on the wheel got real big, and one of them said grand, and I looked at the grand jackpot, and it was $10,900, and, <laughs> oh and I was thinking gosh. to myself, can you imagine if you won that? Wheel starts spinning. <laughs> You're just like, it is stopped on grand, and I still was thinking, you know, it always stops and it goes one click past it, you know, yeah. and you, then you win like three bucks or something. And the sum of bucks stopped on grand, man. <laughs> you won $10,000? $10,903.11. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's insane. I that is wild. <laughs> it's insane. Could not believe it. 50. You know what the song was to start playing? What? Freak out. <laughs> Did you get out and start dancing? I would have been freaking out, dude. Oh, my goodness. So it That's says, a $1.60. Dollar sixty bet. My, oh my! Four bets in. Yeah. Wow. You know uh, they always say when you're playing slot machines, you need to look for the machines that you can win the biggest jackpot, no matter what you're betting. You uh-huh. know, because I think this one went up to like you could do eight dollars a row. You know, it gradually went up. So I won the same jackpot somebody would have doing eight dollars a row. That's insane. What are you gonna do with it? 
We're just gonna. Uh, we're just talking about gonna, that. My wife and I were. I think we're just gonna take some vacation. We probably never do. You are you yeah. serious? Yeah. You know I was gonna text you that this means you can't take an extra vacation. You did text me that, and you're doing it out of spite. You're spite vacationing on me at this point. That's crazy. That's awesome. Well, see, man, now you, you and Britton just keep us going, man, while I'm on vacation. I know, but my gosh, man. So, yeah. it, it, I was uh, hoping for a $10,000 podcast donation. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, that is exactly what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Man. That's insane. I went on my 30th. Oh, yeah? Did you win? Did you win $10,000? I didn't win. I didn't win. <laughs> I didn't win nothing. Did you Lose. I I, I, w- I went in with some money that some friends gave me. I didn't use it all, so I. Uh, you won. I, I won. You won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I did not gain anything though. <laughs> well, we usually don't had win. fun though. Yeah. I, it's a hard experience for me, man, to give give my money away so easily. Here's this is just the kind of night it was, man. I don't know. So I had a twenty dollar bill left, and I told you know. Other than the wide of 10,000 in my pocket, <laughs> I had a 20. So I told Cindy, I said, well, you know, it's only nine o'clock. Let's put this 20 in. So I put it in one machine and did like 10 $1 rolls, didn't win anything. So turned, my, turned around and went on another one. And I got 15 free games on the second $10. And at the end of that 15 free games, it was up to like $217. Oh, <laughs> wow. Serious. So it was like, uh, let's just go to the high limits room. So we went to the high limits room. <laughs> and it's how easy it turns. Yeah. It's how easy you lose a million dollars. So I said, let's do eight spins on a $25 slot machine. I've never done a $25 slot machine. Uh, you know, it's just, we were just being stupid by then. So I hit, I hit like a couple, you know, and, and you know, it's kind of hard to get your mind used to that because it says like four credits. Well, you don't think that's a hundred bucks. bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I got, you get cherries on that machine and you get four credits, you know, you're used to getting four times 50 cents or something, <laughs> four times 25 bucks. So we got it up to like 400 and something dollars and it went back to 200. And we said, well, let's don't go under 100. We'll try another machine. So we went down to 100. So then we took that to 100 to another machine, a $5 machine, and got that up to 500. And stuff. Oh, like, are you God. kidding me? <laughs> Just, I'll probably never win another penny in a casino for the rest oh, of my life. You'll never go back. How, how can you go back after that? You'll That's never it. do that good. Yeah. Buy a used car. That's, that's what Sydney said. Well, it's going to be hard to get excited about winning $15 at Derby City now. Oh, that's how they get you, man. That's how they get you. That's how they get you deep into the, you know it. Just do slots or you do any tables? Uh, I'll play blackjack sometimes. I've tried craps, but man, that's crazy. You ever played craps? I've not, but I've heard it's fun. Yeah, I guess if you know what you're doing, but man, there's so much grabbing money and throwing money and, I, and it's hard to keep up with. You ever played craps? Nah, I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Frankie, we always start the podcast. Why don't you, uh, so our listeners and, and uh, us here and in here can get to know you a little better, take us back to childhood and tell us about your early memories of music. And then, uh, you know, maybe where did you realize music was going to be a big part of your life? I never really thought music was going to be this big of a part of my life. When I was real little, I, uh, I would I would uh, sing in the children's choir at church, you know, just just because that's what you did. And then, uh, you know, and then I uh, went to had a little vacation uh, to the lake, actually down at uh, Lake Barkley and laying between the lakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my um, my mom's side of the family owned a lake house there, so we had some friends from. I grew up in Virginia. Uh, so yeah, I was, I was in Shenandoah, living in the Shenandoah Valley of uh, Virginia, Stanton, Virginia is, um, my hometown. Um, so I was there from maybe two, two years old to whenever I graduated high school, 2011. Uh, and I was, I was born, I'm kind of like moving all over the place. I was born in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, but I only lived there like a year of my life. Don't remember a thing about it, except when we would visit my grandparents. Uh, anyway, so. Nine years old, I think it was about eight or nine. Uh, we went to the lake house with some friends. It was a rainy day. We weren't doing anything, and I, uh, one of one of the friends 
who was there uh, with another family brought uh, her guitar and she's like, Frank, you want to learn how to play guitar? And I was like, well, it's raining out, so I got nothing better to do. Yeah, let's do it. So she taught me a song which was just D, G, and A in the key of D. And, uh, and yeah, I couldn't, I just couldn't get the, you know, you can, whenever you start, you can never get to sound clean, your strums. And so I just bothered me to death. And yeah. so I, that was my motivation to keep playing. Just, I want to hear these, these, uh, chords be clean when I strum it. Yeah. <laughs> so I literally just drove me up a wall, but I, I like the same time, it's like this love hate. I remember sliding, like my, my fingers were so like blistered, but they wouldn't put, they wouldn't, you know, get the get the chord down. So I'd slide my fingers up and down the, the guitar as a punishment. As a punishment, <laughs> just aggravation. <laughs> but uh, how old were you in this? Eight or nine. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I was just so aggravated. But then that's how I started getting in the guitar. But before that, I had a buddy uh, who I would go to and back in Virginia's house. We'd hang out. They uh, shared property with us, and we would kind of write songs, just like just vocally not really play instruments and then uh we just you know that's kind of where like i think i like started getting into songwriting so i kind of had songwriting a little bit in my my veins before than the guitar was so mm. naturally when i got the guitar i wanted to write songs as well so yeah um ever after that time at the lake house uh, my mom uh bought me an ovation i can't remember well yeah, and I, I was, I was, uh, I can't remember if my first guitar teacher had an ovation. I don't know why it was an ovation, but I wanted an ovation. Mm. Mm. I had mm. an ovation, mm. and Neil shamed me so much about it that he <laughs> made me sell it. I hated that thing. Man. I hate ovations. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know why I was into it either now, but I was. It, it was, was like, you know, but, <laughs> and then we hit, every it's time right. you set it on your knee, man, it's going for a ride. It slides right off. Right off. And then yeah. we had Phil Bright on the podcast, and you guys double teamed me, man. And he was like, hey, you can't even call it a guitar. It's made of plastic. <laughs> 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 he is correct. Uh, Didn't he say something about you could paddle your boat with it if you got stuck yeah. in a lake or something like that? <laughs> yeah. True. Oh. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm a. You don't still play ovation? I don't. Do I don't. God, I'm thank a, God you're I, know, I was just thinking about that. What if you still playing this ovation? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. Cool. <laughs> you know the best part. The the well, the best and worst part about an ovation guitar is they play awesome. Well, they sound good they, plugged in, and they're they and they're easy to play. And if you're standing, they're up. easy to play standing up with but, a strap on. Yeah, but, with what? Was with a strap. <laughs> I've never strap tried on. to play a guitar with one, but <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, uh, you get used to John Stone jokes around here, yeah. Frankie. You, you need a little. <laughs> yeah, the other thing with like, ovation is they always had bridge cracks on both sides of the bridge, all the way down, because although the wood would. Uh, move and, and breathe and, and shape all that stuff in the back wouldn't allow it to really do anything so it buckle the wood on probably 50% of the ones I've ever seen really yeah. mine didn't do that well mine got um cracks in the lacquer I'm not sure if it ever busted out in the wood though yeah but well, we totally got you off track there man so, so you, <laughs> you got about? an ovation from uh, your sorry, mom ovation. sorry yeah ovation was my first guitar it was, one of their, it was one of their cheaper ones is the applause the applause yeah uh, and so started learning how to play on the applause and then um, I moved on to a a little bit better one of the big, bigger body it was, it was like a like a black like a bluish black color it was a weird color and then after that uh, oh you know what sorry I, I, I got I just, just now remembered my first guitar was a Jasmine by ah. Takamini yeah dude that was that was my first one that was I think it was off of like a uh, pawn shop. And then I those are nice inexpensive those are the guitars. Best hundred dollar. I bought a hundred dollar jasmine <laughs> yeah. jasmine in Florida and I swear it sounds amazing. Yeah. That's, I don't that's what I keep down the lake, you know, because it's like a tailor. It gets uh it gets cold and it gets hot and there it gets hundred percent humidity, it gets zero percent humidity, and I keep it down there and it just keeps on plugging. Yeah. Yeah. So that was when I first had and then I think my guitar teacher, my first guitar teacher had an ovation, and that's when I wanted an ovation. Anyway, all right. That's so. There, there's how I there got, got to go. the ovation. 
But yeah, I yeah, ovation to ovation to um I think uh was my Larrabee that I brought today, which Ooh. was in sixth grade. Uh that as uh the significance of the Larrabee is is is, is big though, because my, my dad left uh the house when we were twelve. And my mom wanted to make that Christmas big. And I found that, that Larrabee at a Sam Ash in Richmond, Virginia. And yeah, she, I was just, I loved it. And I, I had a th- little feeling that she was going to get it for me. And she did for Christmas because she wanted that Christmas to be special. And that thing has just been great. I've played it everywhere. It's got cracks all over it, but it still just resonates so good. And it's just, it's been the guitar from sixth grade to now, and I'll, you know, I'll probably pass it down to one of my boys when, if they, if they play, but that's the one. And I, I have another, uh, it's a, it's a wrestler. It's a guy out of Sandwich, Illinois, who, who, who makes, uh, stairs, but he also teaches people how to make guitars as well. And my, one of my, one of my friends in college had one of his guitars. I was like, this thing sounds, this feels, it sounds so big and open. And I was like, Wow, where'd you get this? And then he told me about him, and I, I commissioned him to to make me this guitar, and it's like twenty five hundred bucks, so it's not you know, not too bad. But and the guy was great. He's like he uh, the guitar that I first got had some like little things here and there, and then it got a big old crack down the middle. And I told him about it. He's just let me make you another one. What? So he made me he made oh, me a, another guitar no. based off of that. No, and, uh, and so he's yeah he was backing your product there. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> awesome. He was a, so he was kind of you know just hundred hundred percent behind what he what he does and yeah he he's a cool dude and uh, yeah I got two guitars right tense in now and I'm, my Larrabe and my wrestler and uh, I probably skipped a lot of my I skipped a lot of my I, I, kind of, I guess that's that's the history of my guitars since we got <laughs> since we got on to just yeah. guitars but. So when did you uh when did you first play something out to general public? Yeah, so um in uh middle school I think I was writing and actually one of the songs I think on the record this record I wrote in middle school it was the second number Is that right? Yeah, Lost mm-hmm. in an Ocean. And and that was uh kind of in the season where I was struggling with my dad leaving and stuff. So, uh, yeah, that was, uh, and I, and I recorded a really rough version of it in, in, uh, high school and then never released it really like on, you know, online or anything. So I was like, I'm going to re-record that and put it out on a record. Um, so, um, I played at this little pizza shop. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to land a gig when you're that young at, at a, at a, at a venue. But uh, this this uh, this pizza shop downtown Stanton on East Beverly, which is uh, mentioned in Lost in an Ocean, mm-hmm. uh, said I could play there, and so I just uh, I I think I can't remember if I I think I had my my buddy who I I was write songs with earlier play drums. He's a good drum. He was a good drummer, and he uh, I think he played with me. I might have had someone play bass. But anyways, I had some friends from school, you know, and so that's like Shenandoah Pizza was was called, and we played, we played some songs there, and, uh, and I played there a couple times, a few times, and it was always a fun time. People would come out, and yeah. yeah, so that was my first time, and then I would, and then I uh, started producing in uh, in high school. Well, I'll say before that. Uh, my my first guitar teacher, uh, since I was writing songs and stuff, my first guitar teacher was like, let's record some of these. So we did a like, real stripped down, like acoustic guitar and uh, vocals, just playing these songs I wrote. And so that that thing is is out there still. I still don't put it out, but it's, uh, I still have the recordings. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of my first like hand at uh, production and, and singing and, and like recording a song. And then after that, my dad took me to a recording studio and we recorded uh, some some songs, and uh, of course that that's just my my kind of like understanding the studio at that point, and you know they're not that good, but like yeah. at the same time I'm I'm learning like what, oh, yeah. what's like, and, and it was it was a great experience. And then um, it's always a huge learning experience, you know, the first time you uh, 
go in to record anything. Yeah. Oh, and it was awesome. It was a cool studio. It was just really nice and it just blew my mind. Um, and then I got my and I started dabbling in my own um production. I, I bought this um Tascam. I think it was my no, it wasn't a Tascam, it was a Roland. It was a Roland workstation, like where you just had like 18 channels or something like that. I, mean, I think it was less than that. Maybe maybe it was like eight channels. But anyway, that's where I was recording uh on. I recorded an EP, the Invisible Race EP, which is on Spotify still to this day. That's when I recorded in in high school, in early high school. And then I recorded, um, actually, no, I think, uh, yeah, that's what I recorded on in high school. So I was kind of dabbling in production as well. And, uh, with that and learning and, and just overdubbing on all, all these things and mm. even, even, uh, producing some, some other bands in town. Um, no, so that was a lot of fun. Those Porter studios are hard to, to record into. Oh man, but I had it down. Like you, I, had they're, 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 you had to, like, yeah, you had to, like just like an hour. Spent hours on that thing. And I yeah, love those. Yeah, I had the he old task camp. Yeah, he recorded a record on a task. And dude, those are. It's like if you have the patience to learn it, editing it. Like you know, when you you can get good enough to edit on. It. I don't know if you did that. If you were able to like do cuts and stuff, because I I don't know. Was it mini disc? Which one was that one? What version? It was a it was a Roland. Uh, you know, I don't even remember what the what what kind of Roland it was, but uh, was I able to? I think I was able to yeah. edit. I was, you know, it's like it's got like a shift button. You you know, like click 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 click. In this, yeah, I was. <laughs> those things were, oh yeah, very, very uh, so yeah. much easier than it used to be. Have you ever seen the? Uh, do you guys remember at all the Tascam that used the cassette tapes? Yeah, the four track, four track cassette tape. I think yeah. I used that in college. Yeah, uh, my first year to record. Yeah, it always, uh, it always kind of. I was trying to make sense of it. Like, how does it take this little cassette tape, you know, and record four tracks on that? Two, I guess, two on one side and two on the other side of the tape, or something. I don't Who knows? know. I'm assuming, Frankie, you did the production on this latest album. I did also. not. No, 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 no. So actually, this was a a big deal for me. I went down to Nashville for this one. I've never done that before. Never recorded in Nashville. Um. It's so funny. Um, so there's a, a guy who just reached out to me on Facebook. You know, you always get these things on Facebook or like Instagram. You're like, ah, these, these people aren't real. But this guy was. Yeah. His, his name's uh, Glenn Howerton. Y'all know Glenn? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't think so. So Glenn's just net. He's just a networker, and he's you know he's uh, he was reaching out to me, and from from what I understand, uh, the other folks in Louisville who had recorded some stuff down in Nashville with. Uh, um, Ken Coomer. So uh, Ken Coomer was the producer and he also mixed it. Um, and uh, Glenn, but Glenn reached out to me and said, hey man, I know this guy, if you want to take your, you know, music to the next level, you need, uh, you know, you need to reach out to Ken. If you want to, if you want to uh, do that, let me know and I'll reach out to him and get you guys connected. So, you know, I was interested. So I just, you know, sure, why not? And so, you know, me and Ken got in touch, kind of talked went down there, talked to Ken. He's showing me his studio. And I, I told these guys when I walked in, I, I said, I've listened to this record. And I swear, it's a near-perfect record. That's I, so from, kind, man. From top to bottom, from the start to the end, it's, it's a, I think it's uh, a shame that it's not just known all over the place. I yeah, think the record yeah. itself is unbelievable. Thanks so much. Yeah, no, I mean, it, truth. It, you know, yeah, it, it was uh, it was fun. It was a, it was definitely an experience. I got a little Airbnb down there, and my drummer and, and me went down there and spent a week down there. And uh, how did you put the band together? So the band it, it was it was mainly just me and the drummer because I've been recording with this drummer for the last three records. Is that right? No, the last two records. Uh, but he's just a friend of mine, and he's just a real creative drummer. And so I was, I was like, I just want to keep him around, you know. He's always he's always at like super joy. His name's Philip Turner, and uh, I actually got off the phone with him today because I'm looking to buy a drum set, and he's I'm just you know wanting to hear what he says. But anyway, so uh, yeah, so we went down there. He recorded the first. We kind of recorded a little kind of live for some of the songs um, for El Reno Terrain. We mm-hmm. recorded live, just me and him, kind of like just wait until we nailed it. And it's tough because some of my like you know some of my guitar. I mean, I'll, I'll push and pull on some of those guitar licks because. 
you know, and I'm also trying to stay locked into him. But, um, but yeah, we did some live. We also did a lot of overdubbing. So once we got uh, the drum and guitar takes, we had the bass guy come in. Who was actually um, his name's Dave Jakes. He was uh, he toured a little bit with John Prine, and that was oh, really, wow. so that yeah. was really cool to have him on the record. Did a great job, just nailed all his tracks and a little bit of time and on one day. And then after we got those, I kind of went back did some um, some kind of perfected my vocal takes on some of the things, um, redid them, and then uh, and maybe guitar and uh, recorded um, one song because it was just kind of stripped down, uh, building a home. And then uh, and that was it. And we and then I kind of it was COVID. He didn't want to have a whole lot of people in the studio, mm-hmm. so. We did. I had to over. I had to send him some tracks of uh, female vocals, fiddle, and then the pedal steel. Aaron Bebelhauser. I don't know if you know Aaron. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 So Aaron, Aaron was on there playing pedal and dobro, and then um, got him. Um, oh gosh, uh, Michael uh, Webb. Michael Webb uh, played keys on there, and he was awesome. I got to talk to him over the phone. He was just a real sweetheart. Um, but yeah, that's 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 how we made the record down there. And uh, yeah, start off listening to Mama. Tell us about Mama. Oh, Mama, Mama. I wrote in college, uh, so it's it's kind of in perspective. I, I, I went to college at a small school called Montreat College in North Carolina, and uh, studied music. But on the way home, I'd always come, you know, go through the mountains, and uh, you know. Never had written a song about my mom. I knew if I did, she'd lose her mind. And uh, she did. Uh, she still does. <laughs> I can she, only imagine. It was great. Yeah. So, you know, come, you know, so it's about coming back over the mountain, through the mountains, and come back home. And her always, she'd always say stuff like, you know, you say you love me, but you'll never know how much I love you until you have one of your own. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so it has, like, like, lines from her like that. And, uh, so yeah, um, she'd write me all the time in college and she, you know, she just write, I have, I have a pocket in my backpack that I still like, that I use in college. Still this day, I keep my computer in there, but it's just a, just a pocket full of just letters that, and cards that she wrote. So I have those. And, uh, uh, so yeah, she, uh, that's, that's mentioned in the song. Um, um, but yeah, she was, yeah, she was, uh, kind of single-handedly raised me from, Whenever I was twelve years old on, um, and uh, so yeah, her, my my brother and I were her her prize. So um, and I, yeah, and yeah. so that's it. Kind of had inspiration to write that song. All right, yeah. let's check it out, Mama. Through that song without crying, 
No. Nah. Uh, probably no. <laughs> no. No, no, no she... <laughs> Killer. Thank you. Think that about every song that that I've heard, and not just on this record, but going back to to, I think the original time that I sent you a message about Frankie was, I think the song that you wrote for your wife, maybe that you sang to her on the wedding day, is what uh, I learned for you. Learn, learn, yeah. It was just one of the most well written. I mean, it's just it, it captures so many emotions and things uh, in the lyrics. And, and it, I remember sending you after hearing that going, dude, we got to have Frankie on. Yeah. Uh, and then, <laughs> then you released this record uh, and I've heard songs off of it, but I really listened to it in its entirety today. And that's what it was like, man, everything is so well written. It's so uh, melodically sound, um, musically awesome i mean even with like the the, the song that we're going to hear at the end the, being the lead track on the album it's just you're in immediately because it's got a crazy guitar riff and for me i mean that just, it drew me in but then to back it up with lyricism that is consistently good and then the the melodic vibe that gives you like the what you're talking about just that yeah i mean that's the thing you know i don't i don't know what it is you know technically but it's just something that this is the kind of music that I like to listen to. I like the way it makes me feel. And Thanks. it reminds me, I've got a playlist that I play over and over. My wife's probably sick of it. <laughs> but it's called Mellow 70s Gold. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this would fit, and it's all the classics. Oh, you that's, know, that's all, 70s is it. That's that's my inspiration. I, I love it. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. all the classics. And this would fit right in there, man. Good, good. Yeah. Thanks. That means a lot. Well, yeah, he, he started naming people. Well, you know, you I was thinking, here, that, yeah, right? yeah. I mean, I was just thinking, like, you know, like Simon and Garfunkel, yeah. and That's you know, it. James Taylor, Gordon Lightfoot. And, yeah, you I know, it's I think a, he likes it. Like, I've heard you sing Jackson Brown a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, man, that's just, and he's like, yes. Yes, it's that. <laughs> I love I love Jackson Brown. I I I dabbled. I started TikTok this year, which you know, artists are slowly yeah figuring out that's the kind of the thing to do, or you know, whatever. But I. uh you know, you never. It's just so weird. TikTok is so weird. I was, I was just just playing songs from covers to originals, and then I sat in the back of my my pickup truck, and I was like, you know, my, my wife was helping me out. She's video. I was like, I'm gonna do Jackson uh, Fives. Uh, I'll, um, I'll be there, and I'm gonna do uh, Jackson Brown's Doctor My Eyes, and uh, posted Doctor My Eyes, and you know, all of a sudden, I'm just like, oh wow, this, this one's. This is getting some traction. I was like, "Why? I have no idea yeah, why." Yeah, and you know, and then, uh, yeah, and so that was my first like kind of little bit of traction on TikTok, and then I, and then I saw Jackson Brown kind of like his verified responded to it, and I was like, "Oh, oh, yeah. cool!" I freaked out. Yeah, I made a post about that, and I even got more. Uh, attraction than no the other so, so, so what do you say? What do you say? He just liked it, you yeah, know. And I made yeah. a I made like a, a a video of like seeing that and like reacting to it. It's goofy. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a TikTok video, man. That's a, exactly what you have to do on TikTok, right? Yeah, you nailed it. That's yeah. awesome. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, our our TikTok guy who has posted zero TikTok since he volunteered to be our TikTok guy <laughs> uh, was telling me. He ain't going to do anything like that, man. You need to do it. Uh, me? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do it if I have to. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll take over. <laughs> I'll give him one more shot so I don't have to do it. But if he doesn't. One more chance, Lee. Yeah, one more. <laughs> he, yeah. So he said, you know, and I understand like on the Instagram thing, man, you get caught in the same people that you see all the time. And you can't, it's like you don't get outside of that. But with TikTok, everything's an algorithm. It has no bearing on who you follow, who follows you, who lives in Louisville, who lives in Kentucky, who lives in the United States. It's just uh, based on what you typically spend the most time on. They'll just send you stuff that's related. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. yeah. They're all algorithm-based. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's, like, it's kind of probably like Instagram Reels, you know. You never can't tell. You know, you put out one Reel and, you know, you get this number of mm -hmm. uh, views and then you put out the next one and you get 20 times that number. Yeah. You're like, you know. Yeah, it's weird. It's is it like time of day? Is it? Yeah. You know, what is it? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, because people like, be like, oh, like, you know, some, like, so I posted, I posted a video of Harvest Moon. That was, that's been my, my biggest one. And a buddy of mine reached out, Frankie, how'd you get that, how'd you get that effect you did? Because it's essentially like a, you know, it's a, on, on, 
TikTok and Instagram, you, you want them to be a vertical uh, yeah. portrait style yeah. video. Well, my this video was done landscape, like on my camera. And so I kind of had to like, on, on an editing software, make it so it fit the, uh, the portrait view. And so what it did is like make, it like took the video and did a, did a portrait overview like behind it, but then it also just put the landscape dead center. Ah. So it's got this weird effect. Yeah. And uh, he was just like, dude, how'd you do that? And like, I was like, I, you know, just in shot this, this app. And, and like, you know, like, I don't think everybody, you know, well, my point is everybody's like trying to figure out like, oh, what's making this video? Yeah. But you can never put your finger on it. It's yeah. just so weird. Like, cause like, you know, he, he put out a video and, you know, I, I did well, but it wasn't like, you know, catch, it wasn't huge, you know, just like another video, but it's just something you, you never know what's, why and, and it's just so i don't weird. know if you've seen this or not but i've noticed on instagram reels like if you do have one that hits the algorithm and gets on the explore page mm -hmm. and i think that's where you get you know then usually your next one do better. oh really yeah oh really yeah so i don't know if they kind of follow you know when you have one that kind of hits hmm. hits the pages or whatever but yeah it's all it's weird i know that i know that instagram's trying to catch up with TikTok on their reels and so they're trying to yeah. like I, oh, I, yeah. I think the reels are kind of algorithm based on, on yeah. Instagram kind of in, in a similar manner because they keep trying to give me money and I'm like this has got to be fake because I don't have anybody looking at my stuff <laughs> nobody's it. looking at my shit man <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> right. but here's the thing I have to like put my bank info on Instagram to do it I'm like I don't like that man I don't want to oh, be yeah. in the it's real though I mean, yeah, because Tia had the same thing. So they give you, it's like a trial period. They'll give you like, uh, it's it's so many days that they'll pay you and just to see what happens with your reels. Yeah. Huh. So do it. Dude, Take it was it. like 10 bucks a reel at one point. Now it's $1,200. Not a reel. So then it's like up to 12. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, might buy, yeah. So they, pay, they, with they pay you well. And then after your 10 days or whatever is over, it goes down drastically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To like, they, we owe them. Yeah, you got to have. No, no, you <laughs> just got to have. <laughs> so here's the thing. Maybe I should do it because our buddy, old buddy Spencer Corbin, who uh, Frankie cuts his hair, called me today. He called you? Yeah, yeah he called me. He was me. in Nashville this week, right? Uh, was, last week. Yeah, last yeah, week. Yeah, 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 yeah. He went to do some studio work last week at Belmont, I think. Mm -hmm. Is that where he was at, Brent? I think so, yeah. So... He called. He's like, "Hey, I got uh, somebody here. Uh, they got a Martin HD twenty eight. What's up? You've been having your eye or trying to find I mean, one. It'll almost pay half of it if I do some reels, dude. I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll get like semi inappropriate for twelve hundred dollars. What year is it? The Martin last year. Oh, okay. So it's but it's uh, yeah, it's it's a guy who's on. Instagram, we follow each other on Instagram and Twitter, dude. He's, I've, I've admired his equipment from afar for many, many a times, man. Mm. And by equipment, I mean guitars <laughs> and amps <laughs> and pedals. He's got cool stuff. Local dude, yeah. Uh, Michael in the five hundred two is, I think, I think is his handle on Instagram. I'm pretty sure. You probably already follow him. You know, it's amazing how you can can't remember anybody's name, but you know everybody's Instagram handle. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I always call you to at Top Hill Recording. <laughs> <laughs> so, Frankie, did you uh, did you listen to seventies music? Uh, who who were you listening to? Oh you know? man, I uh, so my mom raised me on the Carpenters and Bread, and uh, uh, you know Elton John. I mean, uh, uh, Dionne Warwick, which I guess is a totally different vein. These are just a band, but like mainly yeah. the, the Carp. I love the Carpenters. I remember in, in college, I went and got. Uh, when I started listening to vinyl, I got you know a, a Carpenter's "A Song for You," and I was just oh, I love that record. And uh, you know, even now, you know Jackson Brown. She 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 loved James Taylor. She played James Taylor all the time. Uh, and um, she didn't listen to Jackson Brown really. Um, but yeah, James Taylor and the Carpenters were kind of her thing. Dude, speaking of the Carpenters, about every three months, I'll watch that that video. Speaking of real or TikTok. Of uh, Karen Carpenter playing that drum solo. I know you all seen it. No, I haven't. I haven't seen it. What? Dude, it's live. It's amazing. Yeah. Plays this crazy drum solo. 
<laughs> and start yeah. singing again. It's it's awesome. I'm, so send, cool. I'm sending it over. Yeah. I, I apologize. Do it. <laughs> I'll keep my eye out. It's coming, dude. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned uh you mentioned Frankie cut Spencer's hair. How how did you get into that? Barbering. Cutting hair, yeah. Uh so I was barbering. I, I so essentially my mom would cut my hair growing up. Uh, and came to a point where I, I was starting to, to get, you know, kind of nitpicky about my hair. So, <laughs> so I'm like, all right, my mom didn't do this. I'm going to take these clippers and start working on it myself. I'm going to get scissors and try to cut my own hair, you know. And so I, and then once that happened, I was like, okay, my mom's going to cut my own hair. So I cut my own hair. Uh, and then. How do you uh, cut the back? Yeah, uh, that's, that's. That's you kind you kind of use your hand and you hope and and she might be like oh like, hold on one second you know fix it that's, Frank, Frankie looks good from the front but he's all jacked up <laughs> in the back that's how the mullet was invented anyway man. Actually, you know I would take a mirror from the I would take a mirror I think in the back or like angle something I I figure out a way how to how somehow to get it but it was definitely harder than yeah that coordination than it needed to be. it's the coordination factor yeah, that work gets scissors me. in reverse yeah. Yeah, yeah i remember like oh, lining yeah. myself up and like and like just always because like it's like it's very counter when you look into the mirror and like mm-hmm. oh, it's, it's going this way but it's, it's going this yeah. way ah oh, no yeah. there we go oh, yeah. 43 oh. years old and still can't figure it out yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then and then so i cut my friend's hair at school and then i went to college told him i could cut hair cutting the dorms hair soccer team's hair and then I went to moved here, and then uh, told some people at work I could cut hair. You know, some believed me, so I started cutting their hair. And then they would come back, and so I had some clients just at my home illegally, you know. And uh, and then uh, I was always like, "Man, I've got." What do you hair. mean illegally? Is there a legal way to cut hair? So I mean, you can't <laughs> technically. It's you know illegal to cut uh, any hair in your home. It's, oh, really? it, you wouldn't know it. It's just, well, it's, it's just, it's like a, you know, it's, no one's going to pull you over. Like, you know, no one's so going to. So, do like, you have to be licensed to cut hair? Technically, yeah. Really? So, but like, you know, no one's going to. I yeah. mean, if you cut your own hair, you're fine. But yeah. if you cut someone else's hair, I'm pretty sure that's n- not legal. And I think that's, you know, mainly just to keep the barber business alive. Yeah. But, I can uh, see the SWAT operation uh, busting that one. <laughs> <laughs> Kick the door in. <laughs> We've had a 17-week sting. Everybody here is your client. We've all got our haircuts. We know what's going on in this house. <laughs> give out uh, Frankie's address. <laughs> yeah, but, oh, and, then, and then I went to... Uh, Went to the barber shop a couple of times when I had hair. I don't have hair anymore. But uh, when I had hair, I got going haircut at a barber shop, and uh, and I was like, "Man, this might be fun." I told my wife, she's like, "No, Frank, you're not gonna you're not gonna be a barber." I was like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> and then uh, it's kind of like the guitar. Now he's like, "I'm gonna be a barber. I, I'm gonna see if I can do this clean." <laughs> and, and, then, and then one day, I, my my buddy was in the uh, uh, came into the the coffee shop where I was working at, and he he was like, "Anyone wants to be a barber, let me let me know." We're uh, uh, we're opening another barber shop. And I was like, I was like, man, I started asking him some questions, and, he, and I was like, man, I'm I'm gonna go to barber school. So, because I, I was working like three or four jobs at that point, like trying to make ends meet with like, yeah, this is like I don't, don't want to do this anymore. Uh, I mean, essentially, I, that's when I was playing with the with the bluegrass group in town, which was which was fun. It just wasn't realistic for a family, mm-hmm. but yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's how that's how barbering came about. So you have a barbershop now, or you? I just I work at Handsome Fellows Barbershop. Oh, okay. I worked. I started working at the Chop Shop, Derby City Chop Derby City Chop Shop. When I first started, was there for three years, and it, it was great. Um, just some little things that I was, you know, thinking could be a little bit better in in, in terms of my clientele and my time, and and uh, and so I moved to Handsome Fellows, and it's, it's been great. Uh, you know, but still. Loving my time at the chop shop as well. Yeah, okay. Let's listen to another tune. What do you think? Let's go. Tell us about Know You One Day. Oh, man. Know You One Day is uh, my favorite and least favorite song uh, on the record. My favorite because it's, it resonates so deeply with me, even to even to this day and even to now and, you know, for, for so long. Um, but it kind of uh, sums up... Um, my relationship with my dad and it um just kind of 
it's almost like a therapeutic song. It's just good to kind of like process it through a song and kind of get it out there and kind of be a letter to my dad that I would, you know, never really haven't, you know, told him about and just kind of put it out there. He, he may not even to this day have heard it. Um, I never told him <laughs> that it came out. Um, uh, but it just kind of processes how uh, it's hurt. I've, I've, I've been hurt by him and even continuously hurt by him and um, how things have just changed. And I, you know, don't really believe this is really who he was when my mom and him were married and how um, I would like to know him one day. Um, so it's uh, it's real. It's a real sad song, but at the same time, I know people uh, resonate with that as well. And so it was kind of a it was kind of a hard decision to to, to release it. But I'm glad I did. I, from the from the feedback I've gotten, it's been it has resonated with people and, and been a blessing to people. And uh, yeah, and and so it's it's a hard song. Yet, yet I'm super proud of how I arranged it. I mean, again, like I don't, you know, it's a you know, I don't really know. Like some songs are, are you know, if you write you write songs, some songs are you feel really good about how they come out. Sometimes you're like, that's okay, you know, you know, or you know. But I, I'm really like somehow really happy with the 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 melody and the structure, the the and the um, you know, of the song. And then yeah, the the words are super uh, meaningful, but also really hard at the same time. So oh yeah. Yeah. All right, let's check it out. Know you one day. I've known you my whole life As far back as I can recall surface to your heart But the distance between it and I is just too far And I'm not gonna waste my time I can't do that anymore I'm not gonna down your door You say things that don't add up to the choices you make I wish things That's uh, that's amazing, man. That song's uh, that song was even better, you know, after hearing uh, hearing hearing you describe where it came from. No, thanks. Yeah, yeah it's tough, but it it yeah. I could imagine, when, like, once you get done with that, you go, I've I've done my part in this relationship here. I'm I'm trying to say what I'm what I need to say. Mm-hmm. It's up to you to hear it. It's up to you to respond to that. But you know, you can't be any more raw. Than you are on that, yeah. Just saying what you needed. I mean, like you said, it's it's. When did you write that? That was one of my more recent ones uh, on the record. Uh, this record kind of is has songs from all all around this like last twenty years. You know, that, that lost the notion song being one that's what I wrote when I was, you know, probably fourteen or fifteen, uh, and then that one. Um, goodness uh maybe a couple years ago 
because this record was uh, finished um, 2021, October, uh, mixed and mastered. Kind of just let it sit there for a while. I was, was trying to do it differently from the records I've done before and just kind of like really not like rush getting it out and rush getting CDs or vinyls press. Just kind of like strategizing in my mind. <laughs> and I just realized like, okay, like I just got to get this out there because I'm not doing really anything <laughs> beforehand <laughs> you know so anyway yeah so it came you know i probably wrote this song in 2019 20 2020 when was your first kid born uh 20 yeah, put me on the spot, 2018 that's the time you you know you look at that yeah. kid and go i how can you how do these things happen how yeah. can you not want to know your child you know i mean that that's it res- that resonates. Yeah, I don't know if you even realize it or put it together, but I mean, I think when there, there, everybody says there are two types of people in the world, but I think there are two different time periods in your life. If you have children, it's before you have kids, and then once you have kids, time changes. It's it's a it's, it's well. Frankie's mom was telling him. Yeah. You, won't, you won't know until you have kids. You won't yeah. know until you have kids. And <laughs> yeah. you, you know, there's a lot on that other side of, of that about the stuff that you wrote in that song. It's like, dude, uh, part of that has to be like, how could you, how could you not want to have, you know, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at this kid, mm-hmm. this one-year-old, this yeah. nine-month-old. Yeah, man, that's, it's, a deep, it's a deep one. Yeah. All, all these songs we're listening to during this podcast are, are all on Where We Love and Dread, right? Yes, where we love and dread. That's that's a dread one <laughs> for sure. Yeah, man. <laughs> like you said, that resonates deeply with a lot of people that have been in the same boat as you or in the same position as you. And unfortunately, I mean, that's just a part of of the common thread of yeah. humanity. And I'm, I'm like you, Neil. I mean, listeners, if you haven't if you haven't listened to this album yet, you know, go out and get it and listen to it. Mm-hmm. Where we love and dread, that's, Frankie Leo, because it's a it's a good one. Thank you. So, man, our listeners that do want to follow you uh, more closely, Frankie, where can they find you? Oh, I got a website, but that's not really anything anymore. It's mainly Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music. Just Those. Frankie Leo? At Frankie Leo? Frankie Leo. Uh, well, Instagram would be at Frankie J. Leo, and then TikTok is Frank J. Leo. So one's IE and one's without the IE. Okay. Is it a website, FrankieLeo.com? Yeah, that's right. Go there. I'm sure you can get everything from there, right? Yeah, you can. There's there links. It's the easiest. You sell... Uh, vinyl? You sell vinyls and uh, things out of the barbershop. <laughs> that's, where, that's where you want to come to get them. Yeah, I'll be there. So I ought to give you a little... I'd have it set up right beside you. Yeah, you need a display, man. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure how my boss would tell like that, but I should try at least. Play him a couple songs. I get it. I might, I might have to go get a haircut and a bottle. Yeah, no I was going to try to cut my own hair, and I was like, no, I'm not brave I, I enough should, to do this. I should this. advertise that. Get, a hair, get you a haircut and get a vinyl half off or something like that. I don't <laughs> Hell know. yeah. I, I started cutting my own hair when the last time I went to the barber shop, probably 10 years ago, and the guy tried to leave my front little hairs a little longer so nah. I could I was like nah I ain't doing that <laughs> so now I just buzz it all off yeah I feel that I, I, that's why I didn't mind I buzz mine off but I still love a barber doing it having someone it's just it's relaxing so there's a guy's it's Billy Jones y'all know Billy oh, yeah. I used yeah. to go there when I was a kid so I went to Billy and man, I turned. He turned me around in the mirror. I said, "Nah, Billy, what are you doing, man? You trying to give me a comb over? I ain't never wearing no comb over. Where's no he offense to anybody wears comb over, but <laughs> where's he cut out of? New cut robe. Oh, yeah, he's been yeah, here, here for seven hundred yeah. years. Yeah, he's he he. he, he well, his dad was there before him, Bill Jones, and then became Billy Jones, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Man, we're glad to finally get you in here, and we're looking yes. forward to getting these one shots going, man. So thanks Thank for uh, thanks for being here. Oh, thanks! It's it's a uh, thanks for having me. It's it's a joy to 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 be able to share with you guys my music and and whoever's listening. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm very flattered that you guys would have me. So thank you. Yeah, awesome. absolutely. And we're gonna go out with uh, El Reno Terrain. Tell us about that Woo, one. This one's a burner, baby. I love <laughs> this one. So this one, I uh, uh, so I played with that bluegrass group. I, I I'm you know, again, like the 70s Americana is kind of my roots, but I got the opportunity to play with the Bluegrass Group in 2018, uh, the Misty Mountain String Band. Uh, you heard of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so played with them and it kind of just got my, you know, got me into Bluegrass uh, a little bit more so. I was in the kind of like, you know, 
independent like folky bluegrass like you know string music and then got to play with them and kind of got me just into bluegrass a little bit more so a lot of, a lot of the songs that are written more lately have a bluegrass influence in including el reno terrain so i went to um el reno is where my, my my wife's grandfather and uh grandmother live on el reno um oklahoma el reno oklahoma and um I was like, man, I just want to write a song. I got this time. I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna sit. Jim is, is her grandfather's name. Down, and, and I'm just gonna ask him questions. And, and so I was like, tell me about you know, tell me about being a farmer out here in El Reno. And you know, he he loved that. So he just was telling me, oh, you know, sometimes it rains this this in the year. Sometimes it doesn't. But you gotta have the perfect amount of not rain and perfect amount of rain. Or else the the crops no good, and you, you know you could you know if it, whatever the weather's like could, is going to de- depend is going to you know be whether you make or break it, and uh, and something it's like you know it's kind of it's a gamble, but you know you kind of just hope for the best, and hopefully you get a crop. And I was like, okay, so you know started writing all this down, and and uh, I, I went out and and I was working, I just like kind of had uh, that. This that opening guitar lick and I was in my head, but not on the guitar yet. And so I just was working on that forever, just practicing and practicing. And I think that kind of came from influence of Billy Strings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love Billy Strings; he's so good at guitar, you know. And so I was that kind of like I don't really write a whole lot of minor in the minor keys, but this one was you know drop D and in in in, in minor uh, minor D um, D minor. <laughs> um, so you were playing tinfoil and turmoil before it, that, weren't you? Like, you know what? I'm there's, just gonna stay here. There's another. There's another song on the record that was kind of influenced by turmoil and tinfoil. And that, was, that was called "Restless Feet." But mm-hmm. yeah, I think just from listening to him a whole lot, I was kind of in that that uh, that minor feel of you know. So uh, went out and you know try to get that try to get that that guitar part right, and then the rest of the lyrics just kind of came, and I and I wrote that song pretty soon after that that trip and uh and i I was yeah i was like i'm happy with this one this is gonna be hopefully this will be a good one so uh yeah this this this, that's how el reno terrain came about oh yeah cool well let's check it out thanks again frankie yeah Makes it all worthwhile. What makes me do it all again? Maybe because it's just the way things have always been. Grandpa worked the ground and taught my daddy to do the same. risk we take Gamble 